Freakonomics Radio is sponsored by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Get a quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Freakonomics Radio is sponsored by Cars.com. Have you heard about the Your Garage feature on Cars.com? Here's how it works. You add your car to your garage to track its market value and cash in when the time is right to sell. Track both your car's historical and projected value. When it's time to sell, easily secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. You have the present, you have the past. The past has its past, okay? The present has its future, the past has its future, namely the present. They learned that we had a past, a past past, a past future. They learned the relationship between them, but they don't extrapolate the relation between today's past and today's future. All right. Raise your hand if you followed what Nassim Nicholas Taleb just said. Yeah, me too. But I do know this. For Freakonomics Radio, the future is now. From WNYC and American Public Media, this is Freakonomics Radio, a new podcast about the hidden side of everything. Here's your host, Stephen Dubner. In the beginning, it was just me, a microphone, and my Freakonomics friend and co-author Steve Levitt. We started a podcast, threw it up on iTunes. We didn't think anybody actually listened to it, but they did. They even wrote reviews. Last week, Levitt and I, we made the mistake of reading them. This is one of the, the, one of the good ones. If you're going to start a new podcast, B. Brian 632 says, please at least have some episodes lined up. The podcast has potential. That's what I mean by this one of the good yeah. ones. However, 20 days between shows is a really poor start. Come on, guys. If you're serious, then do it. Hypoluxa writes, this is the top podcast on iTunes? I was incredibly disappointed. I don't know what podcast the other reviewers were listening to, but this was terrible. Talk about beating a dead horse. Ugh. Could have been worse. I like this one here. More of Levitt, less of Dubner. (laughs) I'm afraid you're getting more Dubner whether you like it or not. Here's how it works. For now, we'll put out a new podcast every two weeks. In January, we'll go weekly. You can get it at iTunes, at our new website, FreakonomicsRadio.com, and wherever fine podcasts are sold. But wait, there's more. Yeah, every couple weeks, we'll bring a Freakonomics story to Marketplace, the afternoon business show on your local public radio station. You know, hosted by that that guy with a strange name. (laughs) What is that? (laughs) 
so the really interesting thing is that I can't even tell you the number of times we have gotten listener mail uh, with people saying either Guy, Gee, K. They don't like how I pronounce my own name. They don't know how to spell it. It's Norwegian people. My dad was born in Bergen. Kai, K-A-I-R-Y-S-S-D-A-L. No middle name. Thank you very much. Just Kai Rizdal. So it's just a straight Norwegian name. No hybrid. No, it's, that's, it is what, if you, if you were living in Norway, nobody'd raise a brow. Nobody would, except for this. Usually over there, sometimes it's spelled with a K-A-J because they got the yeah-yeah thing going with the J's over there, but it's, it's Scandinavian as far as it goes. And if I ever have a hard time remembering or pronouncing, is it okay if I just call you Kevin or something? Is that all right with you? Listen, Dubner, whatever you want. Once I learn the ropes, we'll start making some hour-long shows. You'll hear them on public radio stations, too as long as the public radio officials we bribe keep their word. And then we're going on the road, live events with more surprises than you can imagine. In other words, we really have no idea yet what we're going to do. But whatever form Freakonomics Radio takes, we'll bring you the stories that everyone else on the radio has the good sense to avoid. For instance, the economics of trash. Here's a guy named Jonathan Forma, a grad student from Michigan, just moved to Taiwan. Well, I, I can tell you that when I arrived here in the dormitory, I was given a, a list of rules. And one of them was, when you hear the trash truck come, bring your, take your trash out the door. When you hear the trash truck come, bring your trash out the door. So it comes around like an ice cream truck or something? Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, this is one of the funny things. It actually plays Beethoven music. Oh, that's uh, nice. Blares it, in fact. And so when you hear it coming, the, your first thought is the ice cream truck is coming. But in fact, it is, you know, smelly garbage that is coming down your street. But basically, you're hearing, you're in your room, you're working or you're getting ready for going to school or whatever. And then you hear, dun, 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 and you think, <laughs> trash. I got to get my trash. Run out. Is that the way it works? That is exactly the, the way it works. For the first 10 days, I didn't hear it one time. I was told it comes roughly, in our area, it comes in the afternoon and the evening, um, supposedly. Supposedly. Although, for the first 10 days, I was literally out every single day. I mean, I just arrived in a new city. I wanted to travel around a little bit. And so, you know, the, the result of all of that was about 10 days' worth of trash in my room. 10 days' worth of trash in your room because you were not home when the trash truck came, Right. Exactly. I couldn't bring myself to tell my friends, no, I won't go out to eat with you because I'm waiting for the trash truck. I, I couldn't do it. What, what do the locals think about this uh, trash collection system where you have to wait to hear the trash truck come and, and bring your trash out to it? Um, you know, I asked a couple of my friends uh, about this, and they said that they think it's it, like people like going out and talking to each other while they're waiting for the trash truck. I've, I've seen this where there'll be people, you know, 20, 25 people gathering on a corner and uh, when the trash truck coming in the distance. Oh. And I've also heard that uh, guys sometimes go there and try to find pretty girls. Oh, so, so, you're, so you're giving trash a whole new spin here. You're, you're talking <laughs> trash is like a babe magnet and trash is a community builder, right? You know, if you, if you talk with your neighbors a lot, I, I, I suspect it's just as easy that you could uh, get into an argument as it is to, to you know, have, have, you know, delightful chatter. But uh, they, they say that they like it. And you dress in nice clothes sometimes. You go out there, you talk to your neighbors, you put your trash in together. It, it does sound nice. But what you're describing is it's like, you know, I'm living in this 
neighborhood in Taipei in a residential area, and I'm a young single guy, and it's like, <laughs> hey, it's trash time. I'm going to put on my best shirt and try to go meet a girl, right? That's that's you know, what I you're talking been about. Reduced, yeah, I haven't been reduced yet to uh, to the tra- going to the trash truck to find to find girls. So maybe one day. Maybe one day. You'll hear about trash and some slightly less trashy things too. Slightly, like the upcoming elections. We'll take a look at the myths of campaign spending in November's past, present, and future. Here's a voice you might recognize. We thought we were going to raise a hundred million dollars, so we built a campaign for a hundred million dollars. But we were spending the money as if we were a hundred million dollar campaign before we raised a hundred million. So even though we raised fifty-seven million, which was a huge amount of money, we were out of money. Right. And what we should have anticipated better was that we're not going to raise the $100 million. Um, so campaign uh, spending doesn't mean anything because you can spend it incorrectly. I, I uh, have lost, it, lost an election by spending it wrong, that one. I won an election, my first election that I won. I won when I was outspent $16 million to $2 million in a Republican primary. And I, I could have probably not spent any money and won. And we won like 70-30. Yep. That's Rudy Giuliani, former New York City mayor who ran for president once, might even do it again. He, of course, ran as a crime stopper. And he did it without the benefit of a vuvuzela. Here's Mampela Rampele, a longtime civil rights activist in South Africa who, like a lot of people there, was worried the recent World Cup would bring a spike in crime. It didn't happen. I think it is true that the level of crime came down and those who did commit crimes were quickly nabbed. So crime didn't pay during the World Cup. But importantly, the source of crime, in my view, is that age group, full of energy, and many of them full of testosterone, if I may say so. They were busy blowing their vuvuzelas, running around, going to fan parks. That's something to do. South Africa has neglected providing sporting facilities. Many poor communities don't have a soccer pitch, they don't have a basketball pitch, they don't have simple places where children can go and be children. And that's really a big takeaway we should uh, remember from the World Cup. Take a listen to another voice you'll be hearing this fall. This one's harder to recognize in Giuliani's, but if you've been following the news lately... You can maybe figure it out. Well, we're fundamentally trying to change the business we're in, and we're trying to drive innovation rather than being this compliance-driven you know, bureaucracy. And the, the idea of crowdsourcing that, that you're seeing in other industries, um, we think is absolutely applicable here. And frankly, I think there are very significant lessons for how government can work going forward. If we're serious about challenging the status quo, if we're serious about getting dramatically better, we can't just keep doing the same thing. And I think this idea of rewarding excellence and uh, helping states learn from each other but challenging them to go to a different level, um, I think there are very significant lessons uh, beyond the, the Department of Education. The Department of Education was your big clue. That's Arnie Duncan, who used to run the Chicago Public Schools and now runs all of them. We'll talk to him about the Race to the Top program that has different states competing against one another to come up with the best school reforms. That show will plainly be educational, so educational, in fact, that Duncan gave us our first official endorsement. Hi, I'm Arnie Duncan, Secretary of Education in the United States, and you're listening to Freakonomics Radio. Education, crime, campaign spending, trash. That's what you're in for with Freakonomics Radio. 
even a little bit of practical philosophy, thanks to our friend Nassim Taleb, author of The Black Swan and Fooled by Randomness. Skepticism is something you should handle with care. There is a thin line between uh, pure gullibility, and I was a tar sucker, and, and pure skepticism, you can get out of bed. And you have to figure out to navigate it. And I am spending um, 100% of my time, okay, working out the map of where you should be skeptical, where you should be, uh, where you could be a sucker, not a sucker. Remember these words. Freakonomics Radio, helping skeptics get out of bed since February 2010. Thanks for listening. Freakonomics Radio is a new part of Marketplace, a podcast, a public radio special, and more. It's a new co-production of WNYC, American Public Media, and Dubner Productions. Learn more and listen more online at FreakonomicsRadio.com. Everyone knows that the best way to tell a good story is over a good drink. Spirit in a Bottle, Tells and Drinks from Tito's Handmade Vodka, brings them together. In its first-ever cocktail book, Tito's offers fans recipes, mixology tips, and a never-before-seen look at its journey from a one-room distillery to becoming America's favorite vodka. Order your copy today at titosvodka.com book. Read it and sip with Tito's. 40% alcohol by volume, namely 80 proof, crafted to be savored responsibly. This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun. And that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.